So, Keith Lee is uh, this food critic who is being uh, shaded, shitted, and spitted. And just uh, people are trying to knock him down like his last MMA fight. But uh, this is a big controversy in my neck of the woods, as Al Roker would say. And I guess that's why I'm doing the show today. Nope. All right. It's funny. When you get to that level of meteorology, and even in a four-hour show, I don't know if the Today Show is still four hours, but it's probably at least like two and a half hours. Like, first of all, I don't understand this whole, like, weather thing. Like, I, no, I, why do we need to know the weather every 15 fucking minutes? They make an emphasis, like, the weather is the most important thing. You show it one time. Show it twice. Show it every 30 minutes, just in case the people didn't come for the first half. It's like, you know what, people just go on the phone, see the weather. I don't need your 85 weather updates where the weather woman is just like, yeah, Jeff, it's going to be cold today. Make sure you get your kids snack pack, nippy pack, and make sure the tit-tat is there for the wick-whack. And don't forget your umbrella because it's it's raining hell out there. And you go out and it doesn't rain anyways. So you put your kid out in a poncho when it's 80 degrees out. But like, well, you know, kid needs to lose some weight anyways. Have him sweat it out. Um, <laughs> that's why he's always wrestling with his body dysmorphia. Um, <laughs> get it? Weight cutting. All right. Cut. But, uh, yeah, this whole, like, it's mainly the local news, but even on that level, they're like, here's what's happening in this region and this region, and then they just put up the numbers. It's like, I've always felt like it's a waste of time. I actually, I think they try to push the weather because we got to make everything profitable. We got to make everything a business. Like the weather, it's not a business. It's just human nature. Like we honestly don't need you people to tell us how many degrees out. Like it's going to be online. I'll just feel it. But anyways, yeah. So apparently uh, Atlanta restaurants are getting shitted on by this guy. But he's not really shitting. He's just saying like, yeah, I went here. And uh, they said they weren't open, but then I saw people picking up food. And then they found out who I was, and then they wanted the, oh, yeah, no, we'll service you. And he's like, nah, fuck you. Like, (laughs) he was actually a lot more nicer about it. And they were offering to give him free food, but he he actually pays for the food. He doesn't. But they know him promoting their food, their restaurant, if it's good. Because apparently there's been incidents of him... Going to a struggling restaurant, giving a great food review online. Then the next day, they have like a line out the door, and he like revived their business. And there's the flip side: goes to a restaurant that's doing well, but you know, he you want to notice this? For I'm noticing like kind of doing a little bit of half-ass research of the restaurants that he goes to, and they kind of he has a bad experience, and it's half-assed of what happens there. It's these restaurants that gain this exclusive entitlement, and that's kind of what happened to this one restaurant here. He went to a restaurant. They closed at 5 in the afternoon. He placed a DoorDash order at 4, which there's a problem right there, DoorDash. But they stopped taking DoorDash orders. He's like, all right, well, I'll come carry out. He's like, oh, no, we're actually doing some maintenance. We're doing some deep cleaning. He goes there. They have the door wide open. They have people picking up food and shit. He's like, oh, 
And then he goes in like, oh, I thought you got... <laughs> no, oh yeah, we're closed. And then someone, I guess, notified whoever was working or the manager, or maybe even the owner, like, hey, that's the guy, X, Y, and Z. And he's like, oh shit. He's like, nah, you know what? I'm good. Well, let's go somewhere else. And apparently he's had a lot of bad experience in Atlanta. And a lot of it, it's a combination of like wait times, which is a real thing. If you go to like real deep cut restaurants and type of thing here. You know, that that's the thing with these like restaurants I've noticed. There's a lot of ex- uh, exclusive nature where it's very... We're going to set these strict parameters that make our restaurant feel like it's a place that's like a like once in a lifetime opportunity. Like it's a pleasure for you to come here. We're doing you a favor by allowing you in here. And I'm just like, you know, actually, if no one comes to your restaurant, then it's not a pleasure for us to be there because no one's there. And it's going to be a pleasure to watch you file for bankruptcy. Um, <laughs> I actually don't want that to happen. But I always find fun when these restaurants, like, look, it's like you should have dress codes. You should, you know, for certain restaurants. But this whole, like, oh, we only, like, the restaurants with the weird hours, they're like, we open at 5 o'clock. But you actually have to, like, be here at 4. And then, like, we close for an hour and a half. And then. All this, like, weird shit, like, I'm not, you know, I'll just, I'll literally just go to anywhere else. I will go to Cheesecake Factory. Like, I don't need to deal with this whole, like, set this whole, like, experience. But these restaurants get mad when people go and they're like, yeah, you know what? No, this shit's kind of annoying. It's kind of inconvenient. Like, I just want to go out to eat. I don't want something that should be an hour and a half experience to be five fucking hours because you want to feel like... Uh, we're doing you a favor by bringing you some experience. What what experience are you bringing? A little extra cleaner silverware? I don't need the extra clean silverware. I don't need a fork that's just for my salad. I'll just use the same fork for my salad that I'm going to eat with my steak. It's really not that big of a deal. But they try to package it in this way. So when outsiders or people from come to this like Atlanta hub... It's a different, like, weird experience where people, and, you know, it's like uh, Shannon Sharp said, you know, it's a thing in Atlanta to go out and dress up, like, even for simple restaurants. Like, it's very common for people to, like, dress, dress up. For the simplest thing, it's just kind of like what we do here. And, and when you set that tone, these restaurants, like, oh... We're, we got to up it. You know, we got to set these high, we got to set these weird standards. It's like, you know what the standards should be? Can you afford this shit? It's like, I wonder, because there's a lot of people that could dress up and then they show up and they're arguing over who's splitting the bill and who's paying what. So, you know what? As a restaurant owner, you know what I, I would rather see? You don't need to dress up. But if you don't dress up, I'm going to need to see your bank account. I'm going to need some bank statements, you know? I need to see your credit card limit on your credit card before you show up. That's what I need to see. If I have a restaurant of that caliber, where it's going to be like a thousand or a couple thousand for however many people you have, I need to see your credit card limit because I need to see, can you even afford this shit? That's what I need to see. But going back to this, Keith, a lot of people are making 
shitting on him for exposing restaurants that don't treat their customers. Because a lot of restaurants have gained this entitlement where, you know, we're just going to do what we we want to be perceived a great restaurant. We want all these great accolades. But they don't always have the most consistent service. They do kind of play favoritism with things. They only want to make things right when it's good for their image, not because it's the right thing to do. Because they literally only were going to serve him food because of who he was. And when he called ahead of time to try, like, oh, no, like, because it was inconvenient for whatever reason. And now people show him because he actually didn't even, like, shit show on them. He explained the situation, like, look, I'll just go somewhere else. He didn't say this was a piece of shit place. They're fucking, like, he didn't do none of that. He explained his experience, explained that why he didn't enjoy it. He kind of explained, like, it seems to be a common theme. With his Atlanta tour, which actually I think he ended up canceling his Atlanta food tour. I didn't even realize this guy was this big. This guy was a fucking like Guy Fieri of TikTok. Like this dude was just fucking going everywhere. But it's funny how like more people are mad of him exposing what's actually happening than they actually are mad at the restaurants or the businesses for not upholding themselves to a better standard. I am not someone that if I have a terrible experience at a restaurant, my first instinct is not to go online and bitch and complain about it. I may joke about it in a show or something, but I'm not going to make like a serious food review, but he's this food review channel and he actually let them off light. But a lot of, but a lot of people saying he's tearing down businesses, you know, some local businesses. It's like, now, you know what? It's an account. Of, you know what? They're tearing themselves down by not doing what they should be doing, which is be having a consistent service of what they say they're about. I think sometimes, and it kind of happens, it's not about the big chain restaurants because the big chain restaurants have to be consistent across the globe. And there's actually a customer hotline. <laughs> You can actually go to a customer hotline if you have a bad experience, get free food. So they have to hold themselves standard so we don't go to that. Because they, they actually have like online service. They actually have like a full chain business where, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to a chain restaurant regardless of what that bitch says. But the thing is, is you know at these places, it's kind of like, I always say going to these big chain restaurants, you are protected the same way if you were to actually have a real bank account with a real bank and not like some, oh, I got some cash and this and that, some sketchy account because you are protected and insured. It sucks that you have to put your money in an account with a big bank name, but you know, like they have to take care of your money because if they don't, they're fucked. So they have high incentive. These chain restaurants have high incentive to make sure you have a good experience at the very least. But these like local restaurants are like very big and they have a very strong local name. Sometimes it could, it could as great as these restaurants can be, they could kind of have this uh, you like them against the world attitude. And it's like 
the great things about being like a local business owner or something like that is you kind of run your own hours, it's structured, you kind of do with it what you want. But at the same time, you kind of have no overhead to tell you like, hey, like the consistency and structure is important because you're going to run the situations like this. And there's no like consistent, like you can't just have a Google site do like a five-star review because there are a lot of local like type of things you can't call a hotline when someone's a bad experience to rectify the situation you have to go to the restaurant deal with the people directly that messed up your shit and then depend on they may get very contentious but when you have i call local legends of places and you have Bad experiences, when it's put on blast, it's much worse than when a chain restaurant's pumped. Because a chain restaurant has the backing, it has the financial, it has it has the infrastructure to deal with a bad backlash. But when you're these local to smaller ones, if you get a bad national review, it is doomsday for a lot of these people. It's doomsday for a lot of these businesses. Because it's, it's, they don't have the infrastructure to deal with temporary loss. Like, you know, or temporary, like, you can't just lay off your employees. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's not ideal. You know, they can't just lay off 80, 50% of their force and like, eh, we'll be alright. Like, but, um, and... He's basically like, people are more mad at him because it it's not good for the business. You know it's not good for the business? Um, doing good by your own business. Because you're more mad about the outcry of what it did. And people are, people, you know, I notice this a lot in today's culture and society. Hate using those generic terms. But it seems like more people are into protecting the people that cause or that bring shit onto themselves and are not the victim than the actual people who are the recipient end of the bad situation. Like, oh, you don't do that to a... Re-. It's like, they're the ones that put themselves. That they would have just done what they always do with every other customer. And Chances are, this is not the first customer they've done this to. But this is the first one that actually put it out there and has a big enough following where it hit, you know. And anyone that actually lives in the Atlanta area doesn't disagree with what he said about how it can be very inconvenient a lot of times with how these restaurants run. Um, It's a lot of classism. It's a lot of... uh, It's kind of how we feel today, which is fine. As long as you're okay with what comes with that. But it's also a lot of... It's a, you know, we're doing you a favor by allowing you in. It's like, you know what? It's that That's one of those when it gets to your ego kind of getting to play. And I think what you expose is a lot of people just kind of feel like they can just kind of do whatever they want and there'll be no consequence. And I think, holy shit, that's a big ass cockroach. <laughs> Damn it, I can't even stop recording. I just had to look at this ugly motherfucker next to my computer. And you know what? People are just like cockroaches, you know? They just, uh... God, he's got some big tentacles. Um, (laughs) He's upside down like Spider-Man kissing Mary Jane. That would be... Imagine if they made a cockroach movie. 
And they just replace Spider-Man and just replace it with cockroaches. They'd be bugging. Um, <laughs> like, the, that motherfucker came from the roof. <laughs> Whose house? Apparently, there's cockroaches. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah. No, exposing the Atlanta restaurant scene. You know, I'm all here for it. That's why I don't like going out. Because you know what? It's all these like, oh, you're lucky to be here. It's like, you're the one that needs my money to continue running. So I don't know what the fuck you mean by that. You know? But yeah, I guess overall my assessment is just the whole thing exposes. It's weird that it's even like, there's always going to be people on both sides. But it's always weird when it's like actually pretty like divisive of, oh, he was wrong for putting that out there. It's like, so they weren't wrong. For doing what they did. They literally said they weren't open. In service. When. When he got there. When he went there. They were in service. And working. And they wouldn't serve him. Because it would be inconvenient. Even though they were open. But they only offered to serve him. When they found out who he was. I mean. I think it kind of speaks for itself. Sometimes not that Sometimes it's not. It's really exactly what is it. Now, people say, we don't know the whole story. It's like, I mean, does it sound like something that wouldn't happen? You ever call the place and ask you're open? And they're like, no, we're actually closed for uh, cleaning and stuff. And then you, for random reason, drive by there 45 minutes later when you go pick up something because they said they're closed and they have a line inside the place. And it's like, oh. So I see what happened here, which is fine. You know, it is fine. God damn, you know, there's always these motherfuckers that want to interrupt you when you're doing shit. But yeah, I guess more of all that is, is uh, Keith Lee. Thank you for exposing well, how things actually go out here. People aren't mad that... No one's saying he lied. People are just mad that he exposed what takes place. And not everything. And the problem is we want to protect things that are wrong. But we don't actually want to hold those things accountable. And that's why we have priests that get away with it all. Somehow I always bring it back. But, you know. Yeah. Alright, that's the longest intro in history, and the cockroach has disappeared back in the vent, so we are in the clear. Until the heat starts blasting. But yeah, welcome to episode 232. I think this is the longest intro I've ever had to this podcast. 19 fucking minutes. You guys probably stopped after 3. So yeah, uh, welcome to episode 232 of the Off and Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I am your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most point, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Yeah. Recording this on November 5th, 2023 for the archives. Yeah. yeah. Actually, November 4th, technically, 1131 p.m. Eastern. So, it's not November 5th yet, but by the end of this podcast, it will be November 5th. Not going to matter because this episode is probably not going to be posted until like the 7th or 8th. 
But you know what? That's just me talking my shit. Yeah. Oh, God. It's been an eventful period of time. You know, still trying to stay on top of this recording episode. Stay in the algorithm, you know, trying to make my dreams come true. As Drake would say, these are the dreams money can buy. Because I paid off the camera and everything I need for this show is paid. So, it's, you know... It's all business. If it, You know, this whole podcast setup is really like when you take a business loan out for something and like, you know, you're not making any money for a long time, but then once you pay everything that you paid for off, it's like, oh, eh, I'm basically doing this for free, even though time is money. So technically, my time is not free. Every minute I'm spent not working, I am going broker um <laughs> uh but yeah you know actually I was, something that's been actually it literally the this thing i'm about to talk about it is something that i've always kind of felt and thought but the things have been too entertaining to just not complain about it but you know i kind of come across something we, you know, we always talk about how we don't want to glorify certain things because if we glorify them and advertise them, it is going to incentivize people to do those things and to have an aspiration to do those things for their 15 minutes of fame or to be famous or to get attention. So, um, like for example, uh, to give an example before I talk about what I'm talking about, apparently. Um, Penguins Zero, the YouTube channel that has like 14 million subscribers, Charlie, he was talking about uh, award shows and stuff, and then he actually broke down like, you know, stunt stuntmen, the reason why they don't have like their own Oscars for stuntmen, or they only have like an Oscar for stuntmen, where they are responsible for bringing us a lot of the great scenery we have that not put the actor in harm's position and do the dangerous jobs to make it look good on camera or whatever very dangerous shit is because if we give awards out for a stunt it will make the level of intensity the danger level it will bring out for the stuntmen to do the most craziest shit for a movie and the more risk, risk, people aren't going to be thinking about safety. It's going to be about just doing the crazier stunt. And so they could get some great award. And the more you amp that up, you know, the more people are willing to do in disregard of safety and stuff. So why do we have public trials? Why do we have these trials of these crazy cases that are just like there's this law and crime tv network that literally became the biggest thing on youtube during the johnny depp amber heard you know why because i was listening to those shit every day this shit was fucking hilarious i don't really like karen watching these trials it typically comes across and you'll and you'll listen to a few minutes of some shit or you'll find some clips and it's pretty oh okay you you'll hear the crazy stories but the problem is is so fine line, I know we have like constitutional things but like things need to be public so the public can actually like make sure there's no fuckery going on. But at the same time, 
I do think part of the appeal why people do this crazy shit that have these really fucked up things about themselves is they want to be kind of, they want to have like their own television show. And for a lot of people, it's never going to be on TV in traditional fashion. It's going to be nearly impossible to have a YouTube channel. And so, to get that time, you know what I'll do? I'll uh, strangle five college students and, you know, kidnap the other ones, strip them down, do a hostage video, and it will be national news. And then I'm going to plead not guilty, plead insanity, do all this crazy shit in court, have a crazy-ass trial, and I'm going to be the talk of, it's just like, you know what, I'm going to prison anyways, might as well make it interesting for myself, might as well leave a legacy, people write crazy autobiographies about murders, people write crazy true stories and books that live the test of time, we, we glamorize murders, you know, forget, you know, the woman that loved the murder, you know, the crime shows, the actual murder shows, the obsession, the attraction, the Charles Mansons, the Jeffrey Dahmers, um, the freaking Ted Bundys of the world. Like, we glamorize these murders. We glamorize these people that kill 50, 100, do terrible things to people. We glamorize it. We make movies. We make these incidents. Make millions, hundreds of millions, sometimes billions over time. And you add all the media from books, the shows, the movies, that. All these things. We glamorize it. And that person could be in prison during all that. And they, yeah, they may not be getting a single dollar of that. But, um, their legacy lives on. They will have a household. Isn't the biggest thing we can do is to not give people that commit this shit a legacy after if it's really about justice for the people that were the victims of these situations like imagine you have a sibling that is killed by a serial killer they have a national trial talk of everything they go to prison for years but then eight years later you see a mini series made of them a tv show a movie and you're like oh yeah that's where my (laughs) that's where my brother was murdered yeah that scene at 42 minutes that was him And you have to relive that all the time because someone wants to make a few bucks off something that's interesting. People write books about stuff that, non-fiction books about stuff that they have nothing to do with. And they make millions of dollars off of that. I think, you know what, now I think about this, maybe only one way to make the system at least sus. To at least make it where we have to question this person's motives. And I'm not 100% sure, but I highly doubt that the people... Who are the focus of these things, the actual murderers, the rapists, the serial killers, blah, 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 the kidnappers, the whatever. I doubt when people write books and movies about them, they get a percentage of it because they're in jail. They're probably not even like really a citizen society. They can't really sue from jail. Maybe their family can sue and try to get some intellectual property or try to get some imaging things. Like, I'm surprised they can't do that. I'm pretty sure it's happened. I'm not sure. I have to look into that. But I just don't get the whole romanticizing it 
and then we don't want that's why i think like the level of the mass stuff we're seeing the isolated incidents of people doing whatever i mean people are always gonna just want to shoot people people are always gonna want to do bad shit but I think the level of it, because we do see the romanticizing of it. We just see like, oh, here's this trial of this person on the stand talking about how they strangle some person. And you see the craziness, but you see the attention. So we give attention to things that are, we give attention to people that do terrible things. And we don't give attention, enough attention to the people that are doing great things. Look, that's just what we're attracted to insanity. We're attracted to fuckery. It's just the way it is. What it's one thing to have like, like little harmless like celebrity trials, like Amber Heard, Johnny. I mean, that's just more like, you know, just a couple having fun, throwing shit at each other. You know, claiming abuse, whatever. You know, hey, love is love. Cocaine, well, Wayne. Um, that's like a personal thing. That could have got worse, but the result of it is, is we expose of a lying whore, a dude that has a drug issue and has his own issues as well. They both had issues. And yeah, they hit each other, slapped each other, yeah, whatever, you know, probably threatened to kill each other at some point. But other than that, pretty harmless. But like these Casey Anthony, you know, God, that was the biggest fucking thing in the world. Drowning her baby, allegedly, even though she was found innocent. Still don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> you don't know all the facts. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's really hard for a baby to drown, you know? Like, you don't let a two-year-old around the pool. It's really not that hard. Like, I know, Clint, you're being ignorant. It's like, am I? I know if I had a two-year-old, they would not be around the pool. I would cover the pool up anytime we are not there. It's really not that hard. Um, which I don't know, that might be more dangerous. No, because you cover anyways. But yeah, no, I. we always talk about we don't want to romanticize things. We don't want to glamorize things. You know, we're so worried about people protecting. We're so worried about protecting People speaking about things, right? We don't want the Alex Jones speaking conspiracies. When, yes, he got a couple of things pretty fucked up. That's why he faced a billion dollar lawsuit. The Sandy Hook, yeah, okay. But regardless if he's been right or wrong about things, him going on big platforms speaking about things like, oh, that's irresponsible. We should de- No, he should not be allowed to speak. But then we have these rolling trials of... Wanting having 80,000 people watch a live stream of someone who just murdered six kids on a stand and going through that trial, giving them a name and then having their legacy story be told 10 years from now and having murderers legacies live on. But worry about what people say about things that happen. People that always want to protect speech, but then they allow this bullshit to be spurred. I don't want to be negative Nancy. I think everything should be broadcast. Well, not everything. Like, I'm someone like, you just let people speak and let the public make their opinion on it. I'm not a believer in deplatforming things. I'm not a believer in banning shows or certain real-life events for being shown on. But if we're going to go that route, how come it's okay for us to just watch... 
a trial where we're going to have 10-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 20, 25-year-olds. And with the amount of depression and homelessness and all this shit going on where people are on the brink of doing crazy shit. They watch these things like, you know what? I feel like I'm being ignored in society. I feel like no one cares about me. Then they watch these things like, oh, but everyone cares about the fact that this person strangled their mother and their daughter. Like, huh. You know what? If that's what I got to do to be seen, then God damn it, I'll do it. Like, you think that's crazy? I, I don't. I think when people get to a point where they don't feel heard and, you know, they just lose their shit. I think everything's off the table. And I actually don't, like, I don't, I'm not, like, we should have news stories. We should have reports. We should have... You know, on the local news or even national news sometimes. Like, when some shit happens. Like, it should be news. But when it gets to the trial, like, there should be no public that watches this shit. That defeats the purpose. You know what? We wouldn't have to worry that much. Honestly, maybe we should make a law that during a trial from one start date to another... There cannot be any information that comes out of the court. There not be any cameras in the court. There cannot be any, I mean, people could talk about news stations, say what's going on, but then again, maybe it shouldn't because we're so worried about the jury. We have to isolate the jury so they don't watch anything on TV in the trial. It's like, or you could just make it where during the trial to dismay any public opinion that could persuade a jury, maybe we just shouldn't have any public reports on the trial, and if you're company if your news outlet or anyone talks about the public talks about the trial you'll be reprimanded and sued or some shit i don't know i don't want anyone to get sued but i'm saying we got to prevent the glamorization of people you know killing everyone like i'm not saying it would drop murder and senseless cold blood shit assaults I'm not saying all this stuff would drop out the window, but I do think in terms of the extreme shit, I do think it would take the appeal to make the biggest splash of blood. (laughs) Um, Like, there's always going to be people who lose their shit, run over people in the streets, you know, murder their cat, but we we don't have to put it on such a spotlight. That it brings more incentive to do the craziest shit. So, I don't know. Call me crazy. But, uh, call me maybe. Um, (laughs) yeah, that's all I have to say. Public trials should stay not public. But I'm pretty sure there's a reason why certain trials are public. But actually, I think... The judge has a choice. I think the court actually has a choice before the trial if they want to make the trial public or not. Because I've seen certain where they're like, no media is allowed in here during the trial. Maybe that's because of the hazard of the person. I don't know. But speaking of, Young Thug is looking like he's uh, beefing up. And everyone's like, you know, oh, it's nice to see him look healthy. See, and then someone's like, this is what happens when you get off the drugs and the lean and stuff. You actually put on weight and stuff. 
It's like, or he's in jail and, you know, it's not the most quality of food. Can't really do much but work out. He's probably beefing up, you know. Probably beefing up. So when he is freed, (laughs) he's coming out here and he's going to look like a Redman or... (laughs) What's the one rapper that, like, went to jail, like, maybe an ag, there was a, uh, where he went to jail, like, just 160 pounds, barely any muscles, just kind of look like a regular dude, and when that dude came out, this dude was swole, he wasn't pudgy, but he had some extra weight, the dude was, like, bulking, he bulked in jail for, like, five years and put on, like, 80 pounds, then he came out. Ate well and they shredded and still big as fuck. I forgot who it was, but goddamn. If I were to go to jail, you know, knock on wood. There's no wood around. But, um, <laughs> shoulda, coulda, woulda. And there's a lot of wood in jail. I can tell you that. Well, I can't tell you that. I can assume. Based off being the the booty bandit. Um, <laughs> oh. But yeah. Oh Jesus. Um tip for tat. And basketball season's around and I decided to place a nice gamble today on a some basketball stuff. And I realized like man, like how come every time I think I've got the greatest fucking bet of all time, the most bulletproof sure I'm going to get something out of this. And it turns out to be like. Though. I'll get like one of the six right. It's like what the fuck happened. Like. CJ McCollum. You were dropping 33 the other night. And against the Hawks. The Hawks. You can't get. 20. Against Trey Young. You know. I've, you know. I, I used to think I know everything about sports. I'm starting to realize. I don't know shit. You know, it's one thing to think you know more than you do, but it's one thing when you lose money on it. Um, that shit hits hits way different. Um, you know, man, I, I'm actually glad that I'm sucking at it right now because I felt like if I was one of those early successors in this, I, like I probably would drain, I probably would drain my account if I had like some like. If I won like seven of my first ten bets and won like five thousand dollars and only spent like two hundred to get it, like I would be, I would have quit my job, said fuck it, I'm going all in, and in three weeks I would have lost it all, moved back home, and when they'd be like, hey, you know, you were doing so well, what happened? I'm like, LeBron just couldn't get seven fucking assists, you know. I bet it on the shirt things. Patrick Mahomes aside, the not be able to, he decided to get sick, not throw 200 yards. I started getting ballsy, thinking like, you know what? I'm going to bet on the low numbers. Joshua Dobbs would get 160 yards. He gets 90 with a dildo up his ass, like, and then gets traded. You know, I just don't know fucking shit. I used to watch games. I used to know every the ins and outs and be like, oh, I'll watch one game of something and be like, oh, I could tell this receiver, he's underrated. He's consistent. He can get open. Sooner or later, this shit's going, oh, this running back creates separation. Oh, this quarterback, 
doesn't play good against press coverage. Oh, and you know what I realized? Just when I think I know it all, I don't know fucking shit. I fucking hate it, man. So tomorrow I'm probably going to place like $10. Um, <laughs> and it will happen. Yeah. But you know what? You know what I think I'm going to do for my birthday this Not nah, my birthday. It's past my birthday. You know what I think I'm going to do for my Christmas, birthday, God-given, loving gift this year? I am going to go to Alabama, my hometown of three weeks. And um, I'm going to go to a casino there that I went to five years ago with my friend before he passed passed away. And I am going to go there with 200 bucks, and I'm walking out with 10K. That's the plan. I'm going to do it. Well, I mean, it's going to cost more than 200 you know, driving there and shit. But I'm going to go with my lady, and we are going to gamble our future together. I'll fuck it. If I, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking more, I'll trade in my car to fucking pull that lever. And then, well, I guess we won't have a way back. But, um, you know what? Who needs a car? Who, who, you know what? Who needs it? It's all just, it's like the Toyota RAV4, you know? You see these recalls in these vehicles, and you're like, do you guys, like, not double check? Like, do you guys even double check these vehicles? You just build them in a couple days, put this part here, this part there, and you're like, nah, you know, we'll just do an emissions test. Put it out there. Like, you would think you would do an, pay an extra couple hundred bucks to double check every vehicle, pay the extra labor. On these cars that you're going to sell for 25, 30k off the lot, and you guys aren't going to spend a couple extra 100 bucks for the labor to double check these vehicles cuz now these Toyota RAV4s there's 1.8 million recalls because apparently the battery <laughs> might catch on fire. I don't know if it's the battery itself. I don't know if it's the wire in the lead. I don't, I didn't, you know, it just fascinates me. These massive recalls are like, do you guys like these big machines you're putting out on the road there at this amount? It's not like, you know, it's not like you just fucking, ah, you know, we're going to, it's not like, if you're going to McDonald's and the manufacturer didn't double check the styrofoam cups because there was a little hole at the bottom. Like, all right, losing a box of styrofoam cups, what, it costs like 80, 100 bucks to the company. Be like, oh shit, we got to throw these out, get new. You know what? That's a, all right, you know what? We'll double check from now on. We'll be all right though. 1.8 million vehicles. Of vehicles that are like $28,000. I didn't look at the price, but it just looks like it's like $28,000. That's a lot of millions, man. Um, <laughs> for the amount that you would have spent double-checking everything, you're going to lose. You, you would have made up and not having to recall $1.8 million, million vehicles. It's a shame the incompetency at the highest levels. It wasn't just some like go-kart company that your Suzuki little four-wheeler fucked up. Ah, uh, you know, there's whatever. 
Like, the car will catch on fire. Like, imagine putting a, you know, like a battery in your direct TV remote, right? You're changing the channel. And next thing you know, your remote just catches on fire when you went to ESPN2. Like, your your remote's had enough. Like, ESPN2, bitch? Um, I'm not watching a rerun of first take at noon. You didn't catch it at 10 a.m. Um, it's just wild to me, man. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? That's probably why, you know, Toyota RAV4 seems like one of those, like, Wheel of Fortune or Price is Right, where it's like, hey, you want a Toyota RAV4? It's free. And you drive off the lot, and then, you know, you burn yourself to the ground, have third-degree burns, and you realize you don't have health insurance. And then it's like, hey, Price is Right, you want to pay for my health insurance bill? Like, hey, you signed a waiver. Um, <laughs> It's like, hey, how about we just scrap the car? We'll scrap it for you. And uh, we'll call it even. No, you know what? Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, this hospital bill is $12,000. Which, by the way, this is the first time in my life I've actually had to look at health insurance and how this stuff works. Why is it so confusing? Like... The thing I used was so simple. They made it as simple as possible. But it was still confusing. So it's like. There's. uh, You know. There's the 70 to 80% plans. There's a broad basic plan. That basically when you read it. You realize. I'm just paying. To not get fined by the state I guess. Because I'm actually paying more money. To have this. And it would be not to have it. But. So I got a pretty good plan where it's like, what the fuck is a deductible? I always hear that term and literally it's not, it's not good to find out the day of what the fucking deductible is. You're doing all this research for shit. You realize, man, I really don't know shit about shit. And what you realize is a deductible is literally up to the amount you would, a deductible is like. I still don't know what the fuck it is, but I'm going to explain it anyways, you know, because this is financial advice. Um, a deductible is basically if you were to go to the hospital and the bill was as much as that deductible, you would have to pay for it directly. But if it was over that deductible, it would cover anything past that up to the percentage you sign up for. So if you have like, a 70% plan. Anything after 1500 it would cover 70% of that. And the way it broke it down was like, hey, they gave an example. If you were pregnant and you go through child labor, first of all, child labor with no insurance. I mean, you might as well just put the child up for adoption. Like, you're starting out way behind. Um, yeah. <laughs> It was like 12, like the example they gave, giving childbirth, Joanna, $12,000. It's like, it's like, I'm, why, why do I have to pay to give you guys another per, baby the tax when they get old? Like I'm doing you, I'm doing the world a favor. I'm doing the government a favor by giving you another thing you could tax. I'm making you more money. 
Well, except if I don't, you know, can afford, you know, groceries or a living, then you guys will fund that for me. But other than that, you know, I'm doing you a favor. Um, It's like, so what really, it's like, so if child labor is like $12,000 with the plan, you would essentially pay like 3400 or some weird shit like that. It's like, okay, that is much better than 12000 It's still like, why can't it just be $3,000 without that? There's no reason why me being in a bed, opening my legs, scarring my own tissue for you to put some medicine in me, hook up some valves, have someone be there, push, you got this, come on, you're eight deciliters, whatever the fuck it is, you're almost there, and be like, oh, you know what, it's the greatest joy of life, and then I'm about to... Make it the most stressful time of your life. Here's a $12,000 bill. But again, who the who the fuck actually pays our hospital bills? Like, fuck you guys. And I know people say, oh, you don't know how much the equipment. Oh, the equipment where you put some jelly on my stomach and revolve around like, oh, it's a boy. Well, what am I paying for? The baby comes out. You see the little penis. You're like, we got a boy on our hands. You see it. You see the clit, you're like, we got a girl in our hands. That's like, that's what I'm paying you for? Yeah, you know, you're paying when they put them on the bed after to make sure all their vitals are good. Yeah, I know the living stuff. I know the clean off the blood, the cl- you know, the cleaning up after. Making sure I got Gatorade by my bedside. I don't know, women don't typically drink Gatorade after pregnancy. Even though they should. I'm pretty sure you just drained a lot of electrolytes. Um... <laughs> But, like, what am I paying for? Like, God. Like, I'm the one that held her hand. I should get a discount for that, you know? But they just be charging out of the ass for everything. Look, health insurance isn't a scam because, unfortunately, you kind of need it. Because without it, if anything happens, you are kind of fucked. But... It's a scam in the sense that I think with the insurance, what you actually pay for the thing with insurance is actually what the cost of it is. And then the money that you give the insurance company is really they just give that money to them in cycles. It's just health insurance is meant is not meant to better you. It is meant to work with the hospitals. Health insurance does not care about you. Like, but you know what you always, like, that's the thing. There's this misconception of health insurance. I don't know, maybe if you got the good, good health insurance, but. I like, I always hear, like, oh, if you have health insurance, it's free. You just go, go as many visits you want. It's like, yeah, but you still have to pay a co-payment for the simplest of visits. God forbid if you get your balls checked by an x-ray. That's, like, an extra three fifty. Oh, well, you know, we had, it's like, you think, like, oh, I'm just going to go get, I'm having tough breathing in my chest. And like, oh, don't worry. Yeah, we'll take care of you. Then they do like some weird specific test of yours. And next thing you know, it's like, what the fuck is this $700 bill? It's like, oh, well, that's because we had to do a bronchitis test with this UV gel we stuck down in your throat. That's It's like, you guys can tell me that? It's like, well, you know, we thought it was covered, but it's not. It's like, well, you thought it was covered. I told you, if it's not covered... Shove it up your ass, all right? Like, hey, 
You have to add it to the bill. It's like, God fucking shit. And I feel like what you pay, I honestly feel like the reason why they charge the crazy amounts for people that don't have insurance is to basically fear monger you and to scare your ass to get into health insurance because they benefit from that in a other different way. Whereas like, all right, you want to come here with no health insurance? Fuck you. We're going to up it like five times the amount just because. And I don't need no medical experts saying, well, actually the cost, it does make sense. It's like, there's no reason to go sit anywhere for an hour, hour and a half, two hours for it to be a couple thousand dollars. <clears throat> you know what? There's no price you could put on your life. Not when my life's going to be miserable for the next five months because I can't afford shit. Because I paid. Because... I put a small soldiers up my ass and you had to pull an anal cavity out. Like, you know what? It was a kinky night. All right. God, I fucking hate it. It's a small price you pay for peace of mind. But the reality is if something happens of significance, you're still kind of fucked. You just fucked a little less. You just get fucked a little less. It's like, hey, instead of being bankrupt, we'll just put you in enough debt where it makes you life a little difficult for a while. Right? This is why everyone's broke. It's because of the health insurance. Because of health insurance is because we have to protect bad restaurants because we have to protect the people that are fucking us over. And they tell us, hey, it's a you problem. You know what? No, it's a fuck you problem. You know what? How about you learn to do your job manageable? You know what? All these other jobs, they find cheaper ways to do shit to make it easier on the employees. They find cheaper avenues so people don't have to pay as much to do unnecessary work. Like, you know what, you you dog, you nurses, after people die, you know, you have all the time to do these TikToks where you take them when you lose a cuss, when you lose a patient and you break down and it's mostly draining, but you still got five hours on your shift. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, so miserable. You were able to caption, edit music, do all this shit and talk about you lost a patient. You know what? Maybe you know what? Maybe y'all are overpaid. You know what? Maybe you know people are all oh, nurses, doctors. They actually don't get paid enough. It's like I don't know. It seems like they getting paid way more than enough. God, fuck these health insurance, man. But as bad as they are, at least they're not Kaiser Permanente as a hospital. I mean, they are the fucking... You know, Kaiser Permanente is really just like a... They have this sense about themselves like they're superior. They are like the Cheesecake Factory lady. Where they feel that they are entitled to something more. Because they're Kaiser Permanente. But really... You deserve to be treated like a regular office. Like you do, 
Like, they are the chain restaurants of hospitals. <laughs> oh. Like, thing is, if you have a real emergency, you don't go to Kaiser Permanente. You really don't. Ah, I'm getting too deep in the health weeds here, you know. But it's all a scam. That's all you need to know. Health is a scam. Take care of yourself. Drink some ashwagandha. Put some black pepper extract in your salmon. I don't fucking know. Eat oily eggs. You'll be fine, you know. If you take care of yourself, you don't need health insurance. That's why I'm promoting. Well, based on everything, you need health insurance. But, you know, just know, begrudgingly pay that shit and say, fuck you, guys. Because there's nothing wrong with just saying, fuck you. Uh, But it's like, you're kind of like, you can't, like, you can't have a family. You can't have kids and be like. Oh, you know what? We're not going to do... We're not going to interact them with certain parts of the world. We're not going to... You know, we're going to isolate them. We're going to... We're going to do everything untraditional. You know what you can't do? When your kid needs their colon taken out? (laughs) You can't be like, you know what? We're going to do this at home. (laughs) Now, you know what? You're going to have to go to a hospital and pay up. You know, health insurance is one of those things like you kind of have to, regardless of your beliefs, regardless of your income, regardless of your Puritan, Mormon, whatever beliefs, you kind of have to do it, man. That's the thing, man. That's where they trap you. They sell you that these health systems. It's like anytime. That's why, like anytime these doctors are like, oh, you should really be coming getting checkups every three months. Oh, why? So I could. Put more money in your wife's boob job? Fuck you. There ain't nothing wrong with bigger titties. But you know what? I I would rather eat shit and get bigger titties than to give you more money to provide bigger titties. And maybe if I give you less money, you stop eating bad and you stop getting bigger titties. But you know what? What do I know? I'm just getting fucked over anyways. Health insurance. Yeah, they're churning something. All right, my battery's about to die. That was episode 232 of the Off and Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties and provide your wife's boob job. And even though insurance doesn't cover the cosmetic part, except if it does. Oh, Jesus. I forgot to charge it fully.